You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Heidi Hahn. Heidi, thanks so much for being with me today. Yeah, thank you. Heidi, um, let's talk about your recent show that, that, that closed. It's May 31st, and you had a show at Cone Gallery called um, Soft Joy. That that recently came down, correct? Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that show. One one thought I had after seeing it and also reading about it was the title Soft Joy. Is that is that riffing on Carly Schneeman's Meat Joy? No, not at all. But even I mean the work is in the lineage of these kind of female artists, obviously, but for me it was this idea, the title that is this idea that something like joy can be relegated to something that, uh, I don't know, kind of non-existent, like soft. You know, you don't think of like joy as being like sequestered in that way. Like you think of joy as being like this utmost kind of uh, theatrical kind of moment. Like maybe we all have joy. Probably a couple times in our lives. So I thought like, oh, soft joy is it's kind of banal in that way. So it came from expressing that along with the paintings which had uh, you know this experience of uh, just being okay with themselves just being okay to be seen or to be heard and all that stuff so it came out of like this having of half like a half of something that's supposed to be big you know so let's talk more about that. Half of something that's supposed to be big because, yeah, I, I mean, in, in one hand, we're talking about, like, like the gays, right, and who's gays and, um, and on who, right? So um, yeah. tell me a, a little bit about that, that, that bigger picture then. What do you mean exactly? Well, it's like the, the show is about women, but it's also about people, and it's about these people in this painting being looked at, because obviously they're a painting. They're not actual people or personas, it's materiality. And so for me, it was an interesting concept to explore like, oh, there's feelings in materiality. There's feelings in brushstroke, in drawing, in color. You know, so it was, most of the time the paintings are about formalism. And so to assign a feeling to formalism seems crazy. And I kind of like that idea. So that's why I was like, oh, soft joy. Yes, it's not about this actual feeling. It's a half of something. And so the paintings themselves, whether they're about women, it's not really about that. It's about the formalism that the women are a means to, like, get at a certain formalism. And so that's why I made this show. I made this body of work. And that's because this, this formalism that we're talking about, this is an evolving um, series, of course. This is an evolving form, your formalism, so to speak, right? How this, how this process, how, this, um, how these works are developing, right? This comes from a previous body of work where you've been working on the same uh, type of formalism. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. It came from, I just did a show in Dusseldorf at my um, German gallery, Cadell Wilborn. And it was called The Woman with the Shape. And knowing that I had, a, I had to do a show in Germany, 
Germany for me has these connotations of formalism. It just does. It's conceptualism. They don't deal with like the, the artifice of painting in the same way that like let's say New York or LA. So I did a show there and I wanted to expand upon it where it was like simplified. Everything was more simplified. And it was more about these ideas rather than like um, figuration. Which I think figuration has become very derivative these days. And I didn't I didn't want to deal with realism. I didn't want to deal with cartoon like a cartoonish aspect to the work. I didn't want to deal with that shorthand. And I think formalism has a way of dealing with painting that figuration has left behind recently. That's such an important discussion. Let's talk about that a little bit because this has all changed, right? Just in the last yeah. few years, really, that that figuration has become so prominent. And I imagine, you know, um, you graduating not that long ago, I, I think in 2014, um, yeah. that wasn't the ethic at, 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 at college, right? At, at, for your MFA program, figuration was, yeah. and just correct me if I'm wrong, but it was, it was really out then. It wasn't even tolerated that much. Is that correct? Well, you know, I went to Cooper Union, and that is what figuration was not tolerated, especially from a woman there. There was a lot of sexism and fit towards figure, figuration and, and talking about the female body, which is strange because now you have people profiting from it, like Jenna Gribben or Chloe um, ah, Wise or something like that, where it's like so prevalent and, again, derivative in that way. But at um, Yale, people understood figurism. It's, it, it, it's like one of those things where it's like so easily understood, it's so easily read that you have to be so careful with it. You know, I went to school with a lot of great um, great artists, like Jordan Castile was my classmate, and so I think she was doing something really interesting. Like, she's a social activist in a way, so she was reinvigorating a certain type of person and body. But nowadays, it's like, ah, I don't know. I think it was tolerated, but I don't think it's re- it was respected at Yale, which is great, because you're working against something. But now, it's so it's so expected and it's so accepted that it's hard to actually make it seem revolutionary. So it's gone back to a place where it's like, I disrespect it. I disrespect figuration now in a way. I'm very skeptical of it in that way. And so I think that's a good place to be if I'm making figurative work. If I'm making work about a body and about a woman, well, so how can I reconfigure it? I mean, no pun intended, but like, how can I reconfigure it in a way where it's like not expected to follow the same thing it has done recently? Like it's not sexualized, it's not eroticized, and it's not pornography, especially dealing with women or whatever the body has to offer. And and so that's so that's so well put. And let's talk about that in the context okay. of what you were just saying. Your the show in Germany. Is, is taking a different um, a different tact a little bit than the the previous show in New York, right? In addressing the same issue. Yeah, I, I think so. For me, Germany was a turning point because one, in Dusseldorf, they're so well funded; they have institutional support from their government, so you're allowed to experiment a lot more. It doesn't have the same idea of commerce as, like, I have a gallery in LA, I have a gallery in New York. It's not the same thing, so there's not a prettiness to it. So I could be as harsh as I want. I think it taught me, oh, I can do that elsewhere. So it broke apart my system of beauty in that way. And I really 
like that idea. Like I liked the idea that I didn't need to be palatable. I didn't need to make figuration that matched any kind of realism or any kind of acceptable, I don't know, any kind of acceptable uh, thing that galleries would want, like people would want. I could be ugly, and I, I really liked that idea. You know, and Germany in itself had a certain kind of, I don't know, I thought a lot about Bauschbinder. I thought a lot about uh, Michael Haneke. I thought a lot about these actual film people when I was making the work. So that was an interesting component in that. It wasn't, I wasn't thinking about, you know, German expressionism. I, I wasn't thinking about painting. I was thinking about cinematic history in Germany and how grotesque it was allowed to be. And I felt like, oh, okay, I have the same kind of allowance as these filmmakers. And so it opened up a whole different kind of dialogue with the work. You know that's so that's so fascinating to hear, kind of culturally, like the differences, not just in terms of the kind of art that's made potentially in Germany or, or other places, but also as you were saying in the beginning, so so succinctly, the difference between how how artists, um, you know, exhibit in Germany, in Europe, throughout Europe, this is this is the case, right? In many other parts of the world besides the United States, that there is a an emphasis on how you're supported in a sense, right? Which, which isn't really yes. the case at all in the United States. It's, you know, the art is sold and may, maybe people are sensitive to it or not, but it seems that, that the level of, and even the, well, not just quite the level of, I was going to say, interaction or support for artists, but it's a whole different way of thinking about kind of um, helping artists or supporting artists in an ecosystem of obviously commerce it's the gallery it's the state that has an interest but it seems like a a very different atmosphere just in terms of how you how you can think and work because what you're talking about is something um that's a that's a little bit of a was a game changer for you and it and it was opened up by that support system is that correct yes 100 percent and i feel like you know, you think about your how palatable you are in the, the system of like New York and LA and whatever America. It, it is about commerce, 100. percent And I think about this. I think about the art fairs, and I have um, galleries that are in Europe, and they do the art fairs, but they do it they curate it differently. Even they think about it as like, oh, this is an opportunity for a show and to bring people together. Whereas like, you know. Um, an art fair with American dealers, and I'm not denouncing my American dealers because this is just the nature of the beast. It's a very different kind of uh, experience of showing. Like, you have to appeal to a certain thing, and it's kind of like, oh, wow, I, I realize you actually don't have to really do that. And so I kind of grew up with the, um, the Dusseldorf Gallery, and then coming back from that and doing the show in L.A., which is L.A., I grew up in L.A., I know what kind of beast it is. And so I wanted to do something where maybe the work was a little bit uglier. Maybe it wasn't something that was readily available, you know. I wanted to fight against the grain, you know, to say that. To that. Um, and I still was So, so let's talk about that result. Sure. Yeah, 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 the, the show in L.A. Tell us what happened there. So, I mean, I, 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 there's, there'll be links to it so people can see more. But then in yeah. L.A., how did what changed? What was different about the works as opposed to the show in New York after the transition in, in Germany? 
Well, I think after Germany, because um, I did the show in New York before the pandemic, and I think obviously the pandemic changed everybody's nature in a way. I, I don't even know how the pandemic changed me, to tell you the truth. I still, years later, probably can't figure that out. But, um, and I did a show, obviously, in Germany while the pandemic was going on. I mean, we get to visit the space to see what the show looked like there. Um, and so going, being able to go to LA and see the show, I, I don't know. I think I was just not making as many excuses. Like the work is still has a beauty to it materially because I care about seduction as a tool in oil paint. But honestly, I think I wasn't worried about any kind of um, acceptance. I really wasn't. Because I, again, growing up in LA and uh, I don't know, I, did, I just didn't care as much. I mean, I, I don't care about being likable. I think the work is going to be what the work is going to be, and that's my, my attitude from now on. And I'm like, all right, well, it's like a journal entry. I might read it later, and I might not like it, but it was who I inherently was at that time. You know, and then, you know, you move on from it. So that sounds in a way like you, that, that, that's a big change. And, I mean, one thing that, that we're kind of skirting around or touching on a little bit is there's very different cultures in both New York and Germany and L.A., right? L.A. is a different, yeah. again, a different, a different culture, a different way of looking at art, a different way of talking about art, a different way of critiquing art than, than New York. So um, we're talking about formalism and we're talking about your art, of, of course. Yeah. But L.A. And the, and the attitude that you're talking about that you now have in, New York, in, in, in L.A., is that... Is that somewhere in between New York, Europe, and L.A., or is that kind of more of one than the other? You know, it sounds like you're, you're especially growing up in L.A., you know well that, there is, um, that there's attitudes in L.A. that are different than New York. So knowing that so intimately, are you now not attached to those kind of, um, I don't know, paradigms as much. I don't really know a lot about them. I don't know exactly how different it is in L.A. than New York. I know artists and dealers talk about that, different crowds collecting and everything. But, but for you, since that's your hometown also, um, yeah. is that an even bigger shift there? I mean, I don't want to be ungrateful or controversial, but for me, L.A. does not have the rigor it, it, it is very surface, and I don't know whether that's because, you know, there's, when I was growing up there, there wasn't an art scene. You had mocha. You know, you would go to, like, the mocha, you would go to the Geffen, or you would go to, like, mocha to see contemporary art. The first art show I ever saw was Robert Gober at the Geffen, like, and I didn't even know what it was because I wasn't introduced to art until I went to, like, a, a high school for the arts in downtown L.A., which was amazing. But my parents are, my dad's a... He was an narcotics detective. My mom waitressed a lot. So I wasn't introduced to art until later on. So now that the, the gallery system is so present there, I, I don't know what to think of it. I don't think I connect with it at all, to tell you the truth. And there wasn't any press about my show at all. So it was kind of like I did this big, big thing. And uh, obviously, Kong Gallery is a huge gallery. Um, there was no talk about it. So it was like working in a vacuum in a way. And I think L.A. is kind of like that. Whereas in New York, you have your friends. Like for me, I have my network. I've lived here since 2000. 
I've been here for a long time. I have a lot of supportive network around me. There, I don't have anything, really. I have some family that came out, and that was great. But it was kind of like, oh, I'm making this work, and no one's really going to see it. They're, they're going to see it on the Internet. Great, but I don't make work for that. My work is has a tactile presence. So for me, it was like, oh, Jesus, I made this huge body of work. And everybody worked very hard for me at the gallery, but I just felt like, wow, okay, it was like a little countryside place. Like, and I hate to say that, but it's kind of true, you know? It's interesting, and, and, um, and that, 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 that does sound true. And that's, you know, I think for... for for most artists, that's I think something close to what I hear. So you're 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 in your studio now. Um, after these three shows, what's happening next? Where are you now in terms of the work you're producing? Okay, so I'm um, doing a solo show with Natalie Park in November that I'm working for, and I have some work at Art Basel with my uh, German gallery um, that's coming up in June. And yeah, I'm just kind of like. I don't know. I'm just, I've done so much. I was a little burnt out, but I'm I'm kind of just working my way through a lot of different ideas. And I don't know. I don't have a lifestyle beyond the studio, so it's a, it's a little bit rough. Where it's like it's only the studio and to reconfigure work yet again. Every show I do, it has to be a little different. The stakes are higher, first of all, because I have to surprise myself. And so, how often do we have to work? so hard to surprise ourselves and it's like I don't know I'm trying to surprise myself in the studio now so that's what I'm working on I'm working on being a difficult person where I can rethink how I explore visual culture in the studio right now I like that I, that's that's clear and 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 I and it's been fascinating talking about these things because, you know, it's not easy to, to, to get a kind of sometimes a sense of, of all the different kind of worlds that as an artist you have to navigate as you, as you have these shows. Um, I want to ask you one more question, which is, what are you reading at the moment? I'm always curious what everyone's reading. So, I, I, you know what I reread every summer? Vivian Gornick, um, Woman in the City. And it's like her snippet, it's like a kind of, kind of an essay, but it's her snippets of walking around New York City and getting all this information, which I do a lot of. I walk my dogs in the city all day, every day. Um, so I, I really love her work. And also Anita Bruckner just finished Brief Lives, which she's amazing at dissecting human nature and people's personas, which is very biting. Actually, this, the book Brief Lives deals with these this woman's friendship with this other woman who has a big personality, and it's so biting. It's actually very depressing, and it's about aging, and I think a lot about that. And um, probably not a good summer read, but I, I love, uh, love her books. And then um, I got uh, Philip Gustin, uh, a memoir of, of a friend that wrote about his practice and stuff like that. So I do, I do read like an artist kind of biography to get me inspired, but I love fiction. So I read a lot, a lot of fiction. I read like a, three books a week. Actually, it kind of hinders my practice in a way, so I just end up reading in the studio. Well, and fiction is interesting. Cut. I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah. fiction, it, it, it hinders your practice because you hold back from it maybe, but, but 
you know, or, or something. Which, but those books are also ways of, I mean, especially fiction, um, in terms of even figuration, there's, there's narratives there, there's stories, there's characters that, that seem yeah. close or could be to, to your work, unless that's a stretch. Well, no, uh, I think fiction and, and stories about people's lives, it, it teaches me how to be human. You know, you're in the studio alone all the time. And it kind of like, you get beyond your means uh, of your experience with fiction. And I love it. So I like, like Rachel Cuff, I read, you know, I just finished her trilogy. Or, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. For me, it teaches me how to deal with these things, maybe visually. You know, the language can translate itself into something that's like, oh, that doesn't help. That's an emotion, you know? So, okay, how would I express that emotion through visual I like that. I want to I wanna thank you so much, Heidi, for talking with me today. It's really been a pleasure. I wish you well with your upcoming shows, and congratulations oh, on the you. shows that just came through. Yeah, thank you so yeah. much for talking with me today. Thank you. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.